Welcome to the UNT BSM audio resources. If you want more information on the BSM, you can go to untbsm.com. Thanks for listening. How are you guys all doing tonight? You sound a little bit tired. I'm assuming we're all kind of tired at this point in the semester. Um, But if you guys do not know me, my name is Stephanie Noble. Um, and I work here at the BSM. I used to be a student at UNT, but I graduated a couple years ago and have been working here since then. Um, I work as a cross-cultural specialist, so I work with a lot of international students. Um, but I am thankful to be here with you guys tonight and to uh, teach from God's Word. And so um, we're going to be actually reading in uh, John chapter 10. So this semester we've been reading through the I Am statements that Jesus makes all the way through the book of John. Um, And so the past two weeks, we first focused on I'm the bread of life. Jesus said he was the bread of life. And the second one was from last week that Matt taught over is I am the light of the world. And so this week, we're going to be going over the third I am statement. And this is where Jesus says that he is the door. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, there should be a a white Bible next to you if you do not have one. And if you do not have a Bible, you're welcome to take this. Um, It's a gift to you guys. Um, But we're going to be in chapter 10 verses 1 through 10. Um, But before we start looking at chapter 10, um, I wanted us to look back on the previous weeks and see how Jesus claimed to be all of these things. He claimed to be the bread of life and the light of the world, and then this week he claims to be um, the door. And so Jesus is all of these things through his death and his resurrection. And so we kind of get to see there are two responses that people have to to Jesus' words and teachings. Um, and some would believe in him and follow him and loved him, while others hated him and called him a liar and um, ignored everything that he said. And so this week, we're going to be talking about him being the only way to salvation, um, him being the only way to God. And again, we're going to see the response. Um, People are going to respond sometimes in hope, and then some people are going to respond in hatred. And so, specifically, we see that with the Pharisees in the way that they respond to Jesus when he said that he was the light um, last week, and then we'll see the same thing happen when he says that he is the door. Uh, But before that, since we didn't get to go into chapter 9, I wanted to kind of give us a brief um, overview of chapter 9. And so chapter 9 is where Jesus heals this blind man on the Sabbath, And the Pharisees were angry because they thought that he was breaking one of the Ten Commandments, when in reality he wasn't. Um, He was healing a a man uh, from his blindness. And so what's really sad about the Pharisees' response to this is that, again, like last week, they were diverting from the truth. They were diverting from what Jesus said and did and why he did those things. Because Jesus is trying to say, tell them and show them that they need to turn from their sin their sin of looking devout and religious and good on the outside while being dead and sinful on the inside. And so their disregard for the words and teachings of Jesus has led them to lead a hollow life that is not filled with life. Um, it's a, a hollow life that is all about their works and the way that, they per- that people perceive them. Um, and so they feel that they're righteous and they don't need Jesus. It's Jesus that is telling them that he is the bread of life and the light of the world. Um, but they don't have that faith in the Son of God who is making a way for them. So as we jump into chapter 10, we'll still see 
uh, him talking to the Pharisees. He's talking to the same Pharisees that have uh, responded negatively to everything that he said. So if you'll look at chapter 10, we'll start in verse 1. Uh, the chapter numbers, if you do not know, are the big numbers, and the verse numbers are the small numbers. But we'll start in chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So before we go into this, we need to kind of understand the analogy that Jesus is presenting. And so I'm going to go through and explain parts of the analogy. So the first part you see are the robbers and the thief, or the thief and the robbers. Um, and so at the time, that would be considered false teachers, so people came, who come proclaiming something that is not the truth of the gospel. Um, and also he's referring to the robbers, or the Pharisees, as being those robbers and those thieves. He addresses them as thieves and robbers trying to get into the kingdom of God apart from Jesus. And they're trying to do it through their own works. And so um, the next character that we see in this is the shepherd. And so all throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, uh, God is referred to as the shepherd, and he's even referred to as the good shepherd. Uh, so next week we're going to be going over that I am statement. So it's going to be exciting. I'm just saying. Um, also, and so the next character that we see would be the sheep. And so also throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament, people are always referred to as the sheep. And so, right, in this analogy, again, we as people, the people of Israel at the time, are all referred to as the sheep. And then the last part that we see in this analogy that I want to explain is the door. And so Jesus is this door to the sheepfold that they're talking about, this enclosure. And I'll explain what that is in just a minute. But uh, to further understand this analogy, we kind of have to understand what a sheepfold is. So personally, I had no idea what that was. I didn't grow up on a farm. Um, I grew up in a big city, and so I went and looked it up, and I found out that it is referring to a sheep pen or a fenced-in area, a safe place for these sheep to, to reside during the night. And so if the sheep aren't out grazing in the fields, they'll be, out, they'll be in this sheepfold being watched over by their shepherd. Um, and so you could kind of consider this sheepfold as being a home, uh, and so this is a place where they're safe and cared for and fed and loved. And so the question that should come out of this is, why does there need to be a sheepfold? And so I'm really thankful that the band sang uh, Come Thou Fount earlier because I think it does an amazing job of giving us a reason for having a sheepfold and why we need it. And it says in verse 3, which is one of my favorite verses, and it says, O oh, to grace, how great a debtor, daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. 
And so as we remember from the analogy earlier, he's talking about sheep. And so if you don't know, sheep are some very dumb animals. And they need all the help that they can get. And so what we see is sheep are weak, and they get lost really easily. And if uh, someone is not taking care of them, they will walk off a cliff. And uh, you'll see that they are also prone to wander away from the flock. Uh, And so in this analogy, if we are those people, that's quite a flattering picture of people, isn't it? So what it's saying is that we are weak and unable to help ourselves. And so that's why we need this sheepfold. Because you see in this hymn it says, Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. See, we see that we're wanderers, and we need something to enclose us and to protect us and to keep us in the fold of God. However, we do not start in this sheepfold. Our sin puts us outside of the safety and the protection of this sheepfold. The Bible is very clear that all of us have sinned. And so we, have, we are all outside of this sheepfold. Because it says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you're not personally familiar with the word sin, um, sin is anything that we do that is outside of the law of God, outside of his will, and in active disobedience against God. And so really, when we sin, what we're saying to God is that we do not want to be inside that sheepfold. We are actively choosing to be outside of the sheepfold. And so, going back to that hymn, it says, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And so all of us have wandered, and all of us have sinned against God. And that sin is a wall that divides us from this security that is represented in the sheepfold. But deep down, even though there's this wall between us and God, Because we were made in his image, he put himself into us. Because we are in this image of God, we all desire to be safe and at home in this sheepfold that is described here. We all desire to have this restored relationship with God. And we desire to feel safe and protected and at home. And so this kind of leads into the third I am statement. And the third I am statement is, I am the door. So we know based on this topic of sin, that we have all sinned. You have sinned. I have sinned. Uh, We are all outside of this sheepfold because of our sin. And so we see, because that sin is this wall, how do we get into this sheepfold? There's hope, and that hope is Jesus. And so Jesus specifically says here, he said, I am the door. And so you see, in a sheepfold, there is only one entrance to get into it. So if you look at, um, like historically, the sheepfold is this big, huge wall or barrier. um, And there's literally only one door to get in through there. And Jesus is that door, and that's what he says he is. He is the only way into the sheepfold. And we cannot have access to God apart from Jesus and his saving blood. We cannot have salvation apart from Jesus. And so if you look in, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, it says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in time of need. So what this verse is saying is he is our high priest who has given us access and ability to draw near to this throne of grace. And then in 1 Timothy 2.5 it says, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And so again you see this verse is saying that Christ is our way to God. Christ gives us access to the Father. And then in John 14, 2, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And next week, or in a couple weeks, we're going to be going through that I am statement. But again, it's reiterating the fact that we need something between us and God, and that is Jesus. And so all of these texts are making it possible for us to have this right, fixed relationship with God, and that's through Jesus. And we're able to enter into his kingdom. And so you might be asking, how is that possible? How is it possible that we can enter into this sheepfold through Jesus? So you kind of have to understand who Jesus is. And so Jesus was this fully man and fully God, and God sent him to earth to live a perfect life, But the ultimate purpose of Jesus' coming was so that he could be that perfect sacrifice for us, to cover all of our sins. Because he did not sin, he was able to be perfect and to be that perfect sacrifice that would put an end to the power that sin had on our lives. So when Christ died, he took on all of the wrath of God that was directed and meant for us because we are the ones that have sinned and disobeyed God. And we are the ones that suppress his truth. But because because God is so good and merciful, Christ did not only die, but he rose again so that our sin was put to death. He conquered death for us, and so without Jesus we see that we would still be enslaved to our sin and unable to restore that broken relationship that we have with God. Therefore, because Jesus is this door, it allows, he allows us to enter into our true home. Um, so imagine, go back to this sheepfold analogy with these sheep, and you see this wall, and all of these sheep are just running up and down, trying to find a way into the sheepfold that represents safety and goodness. And we see all of these other sheep experiencing the love of their good shepherd, and we desire that for ourselves. We desire to be home and safe and cared for and taken care of and loved. So when we finally recognize that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, we can then have access into this sheepfold that we desire to be in so badly because he is that door. But something that we do often as humans is we ignore that Jesus is this door that we can have salvation through, and we try to find other doors to enter into his sheepfold. So you see that... um, In verse 1, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. And in verse 8, it says, All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. So you see, these thieves and robbers imagine they're trying to climb over this wall into this sheepfold, but they're not going through the door, so they're not going to succeed. And so there are many doors that we try to walk through, Um, on our search for our home and safety and security. And they tend to be things that we worship over God. 
which is sinful because God told us that we are to worship him and him alone. So we tend to seek salvation through the doors of success, acceptance from the world, wealth, popularity, perfection, power and control, through our identity and through our intellect. And so all of those doors promise so much, but they yield so, so little. So these are all attempts to find happiness and comfort that are outside of God and outside of Jesus, and they will fail you. And so are you trying to find your happiness through one of these doors? What kind of doors are you trying to enter through that are not Jesus? That's a question we should all be asking ourselves. Because those that are trying to find their comfort in these things are on the path towards death and destruction because they refuse to recognize their need for a savior. And that's God's son. Because he makes that way for us to enter through the sheepfold. And at that time when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking to those Pharisees. And these Pharisees were trying to gain access into this sheepfold through their works, the way that they looked on the outside, through doing enough good things, reading their Bible, going to church, whatever it is that you try to do to earn your way into, into heaven. But they are failing. And today we struggle with some of the same things. We struggle with trying to find access to the Father through our success and our power and our um, doing well in school and getting good grades and whatever it is. But what we find in, after reading verse 10, it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we see here that there are actually only two doors. One that leads to abundant life, which is through Jesus, and one that leads to destruction and death. And since there are two doors, we all have this option to either enter into abundant life, which is through Jesus, or hate him and disregard everything he says and continue to walk in our sin, which leads to death. So, the main point I hope that you would gather from this text is that we can have access to God, the salvation he offers, but only through Jesus, the door. And this has such huge implications. Because this is true, because Jesus is this door that we can enter in and have salvation and have security and comfort, because this is true, we have to share it. And so because this is true, why are we so timid and so scared to share that Jesus is this only door? Or for some, why don't you share this truth with others? Our campus is full of people who are not following through this door, and they're trying to find other doors and other ways to get into the kingdom of heaven, and we know what the right way is, and we are not telling them. And that should break our hearts. And so I wanted to share uh, a story about my life. I grew up in the church, like a lot of you have, and I went to church and I read my Bible at, on, at, on Sundays, not during the week, but I read it on Sundays, and I went to youth group and I did all of these things and I knew all of these things, but I never, ever shared my faith with a non-believer, ever, in my entire um, young, believing life. 
until I came to UNT. It was my junior year when I started getting involved here at the BSM, and I was encouraged to share my faith, but I had no idea what that looked like, and it was super scary. But they were constantly reminding me, Stephanie, this is truth, and these are people that need to hear this truth. And so I finally shared my faith with non-believers when I went to Beatreach, which is one of the mission trips that we do um, every year. We go to South Padre Island, and we love students there. We give them rides. Uh, we feed them. But most importantly, we share the gospel, that Jesus is the door into salvation. And so we get to do that. And I finally, I was sharing my faith every single day, and I realized what I had been missing my entire life is that my affections were stirred up for the Lord, and I desired to never stop, to never stop sharing my faith with people because I believed that he is, and I still believe, that he is the only way to God. And so Jesus, since he is this door, he gives us access to the Father, and this is something that should give us such joy and hope and peace, and that should lead us then to share that with others that do not have joy and do not have hope and do not have peace. In verse 9, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. That is the hope that we have in this, is that we can have salvation and perfect security in Christ. And so what's cool about this, you see um, in verse 9, it says, go in and out and find pasture. So now, if we are in this kingdom of God, we have the freedom and the security to go in and out of the sheepfold and share the hope and comfort that we have found in Christ, and we can share and invite others into the kingdom of God. We have this awesome opportunity to do that. And so based on this truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven, many will have hope and joy and have life abundantly. But those who do not follow Jesus will and try to enter and will not enter through him are on an empty journey that is never going to satisfy them. So if you are a believer in this room, and I know many of you are, you have put your hope and trust in Jesus, and you have access to the Father. And that's something to rejoice over. If you have not put your faith in Jesus, and I know some of you may not be believers here, but if you have not put your faith in Jesus, you do not have access to the Father. However, based on this truth, you can have access to the Father. And you can have access to this abundant life that we've talked about because Jesus has made it possible. So I want to ask you and leave you with a few questions. And I've asked these questions of myself as well. But what are you going to do with this truth that Jesus is the door. What are you going to do this week about that? Because I believe that God's word should lead us to action. Do you need to be obedient and share the gospel with a friend, a family member, a coworker? We have many non-believers in our lives that need to hear this truth. Or do you need to stop searching for other ways to gain salvation and rest in Christ? who has given you a way to have life and to have it abundantly. So as you guys go into your small groups, I want you guys to discuss those things. And I hope that it's not um, discouraging to you, 
I hope that if anything, that this text is encouraging to you. Because we have access to God, we can then go and share this with others. And because we have this community, we can encourage one another to do these things. But this truth should give us such joy and, and the desire to share this truth. So um, I'm going to pray for us, and then after I pray, small group leaders, if you'll stand around the room and hold up your numbers because we don't have numbers again today. But let, me, let us pray.